the blast from our past network. Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back to back to back to back because we love Seinfeld. You love Seinfeld. That's why you're listening to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. I'm Adam. I'm Corey. <laughs> My favorite was when you did, I think it was two episodes ago, when you're like, Seinfeld, a Cartwright podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that up, but yes. Uh, today we are talking the Barber season five, episode eight, first aired November eleventh, nineteen ninety three. Corey, my man, could you please give us that synopsis? That's right. We're we're moving slowly, moving into ninety four. So Jerry frets over leaving his incompetent barber. Elaine enlists Kramer to participate on a bachelor auction. Okay. The synopses really are very basic. Yes, yes, yes. Some of them are, and then some of them just go crazy. Yeah. Especially with no Oxford commas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Sorry, I'm <laughs> pouring myself another drink here. People there know that go. we record in two episodes back-to-back, uh, and I'm drinking some whiskey. You're drinking your... What, uh, what beer are you drinking uh, today? I am drinking Modern Times uh, Spaceways. It is a hazy IPA. That has been your jam for a while now, the, uh, the IP, hazy IPAs. Yeah, but now for some reason, like Christmas time and stuff, I will probably transition more into like stouts and porters mm-hmm. and stuff around now. But yeah, summertime is a nice, hazy, juicy IPA time for me. Okay. How snowy does it get in Oregon for it? it not where in Eugene, where we are, it, it actually does not snow that often, although they did okay. get a really big snowstorm uh, two years ago here. Um, and we were here visiting our sister and, and brother in law um, at that time, and it was a huge snowstorm that we had, but that was very rare. You can easily get drive up to the mountains and actually get to snow, but where we live, it doesn't actually nice. snow that much. So that's actually kind of a nice thing. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I lived in Denver for four years, and I can tell you, fuck the snow. I never want to move back to it. I yeah, it. I mean, I like snow days and everything, especially when I was a kid. Um, but but yeah, when you get older and you got to go to work in it, you're like, no, yeah. fuck this, fuck this exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we get into this episode, and we start per usual with a stand up on barbers. Yeah. The old fashioned barber is unfortunately becoming a thing of the past. Wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> there is a whole resurgence over this last like 10 years. I, a very hip barbarism. I, yes. Is that and, a word and, barbarism? I don't know. But you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And I, I feel like, yes. Yeah, so this whole thing is about how barbershops are going away. And then the irony is that, yeah, in the past 10 years, barbershops have come back in force. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it is funny <laughs> how that happened. I, I got to say. Sorry, I'm right in the middle of your bit. That's okay. It um, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, you're not funny anyway. Uh, I know. <laughs> so when I lived in L.A., uh, the last apartment I lived at, across the street, there was a barber shop that was called D's Cuts, <laughs> and I always loved it because I always think of D's Nuts, and that's obviously what it's for. <laughs> and anytime I drive by, I, I would, if, if I had my wife or whoever, I'm like, yeah, I, I would just go D's Nuts, and it's just. It made me so happy. That is clever. I got to give it to, to the person who came up with that. I You yeah. almost made me choke on my Spaceways uh, beer, but uh, that is very clever. I like it when... I like it when like businesses can get a little like a little risque, a little tongue-in-cheek with it, you yeah. know? Yep. Of course, we lived like right next to that pretty much was a, a strip joint. Of course. Um, we, lived, we lived in not the best area <laughs> of town. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. It was dirty. Oh, man. Yep. We're both out of I do not now. miss that shit because it was a nice apartment, but you couldn't you, you could afford a living in a nice apartment, but a shit ass area of town. But if you wanted to live in a nice nice town, you had to live in a shit ass apartment. So it's just like there's no there's no balance. No, no. That's that's why there's a mass exodus uh, yeah. happening from Los Angeles and uh, New York as as we speak. So sadly, that was another trend when uh, same time that the barbershops were getting big again, there was that like that resurgence mm. of city living. Downtown LA boom 
boomed with all those yeah. massive live work lofts and stuff like that. But everyone, but of course the prices just kept going up and up and up. And yep. now what we're seeing is a bunch of abandoned buildings that have all these luxury apartments in it and nobody's living downtown anymore. So yep. it's Fuck dude, that. it's crazy what we've seen like just in our lifetime. This, yeah. The, 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 yeah. Anyways, it's, it's just wild guys. It's absolutely wild. But yeah. So, so at the time when Jerry was making this joke, he is saying that, uh, that they, that the barbershops are becoming a thing of the past. He's like, now what went wrong? And this is actually kind of funny. Well, first of all, he needs a $20,000 chair to make a $3 tip. I say cut back on the chair and update the magazines. Yes. Uh, why do barbers always display that light? And then this is where it goes downhill. Why do barbers <laughs> always display that license? There's no laws in haircutting except show everyone the back of their head. That's the one law. I don't want to see the back of my head. Why do I want to see the back of something that I won't ever see any other time? When I buy pants, uh, do two salesmen don't lift me up and, you know, buy the legs and go, how do you like the crotch? If I wanted to see everything, I would have been a fly. I this is another example of, of actual mm. uh, something that I thought started out strong with the yeah. the $20 chair. Yes, that is funny. Or $20,000 chair to get a $3 tip. That's funny. And then it just slowly went down, down, down the drain. Yes, it did. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wholeheartedly yeah. disappointing. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right, George is at an, a job interview, and it's going really well. Yeah, my, my only note here is George is pretty smooth. Yeah, he does a good job. Um, but it ends kind of unsurely because the guy's got to uh, leave, and he ends – or he's got a phone – gets an important phone call, and he ends with, of course. Um, you know, hey, I really want you for this job, of course. And then he takes the phone call, and George has to leave. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck? And, and of okay. course, and of course, the reason that he loved George is because he makes this weird statement like, you understand everything, George. And that's yeah. the catalyst for the whole thing. But yeah. Yeah. OK. I so, do enjoy understanding. I do. Yeah. <laughs> that's whatever yeah. I said. Yeah, that was funny. So, that was funny. Uh, yeah. Um, or maybe it was I take pride in understanding or some shit like that. All right. At um, at Monk's, George explains the whole situation to Jerry and Elaine about like, OK, what do I do now? Do they want to hire me? Do they not? And he can't ask because he feels like. You know, he's supposed to understand. Yeah. Um, Kramer comes in uh, with smoking. his hair on. Po- smoking, smoking a cigar. Oh, I didn't even I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Fucking smoking a cigar. I, I always find it weird when Kramer smokes cigars in, in restaurants. But OK, yep. that's fine. No big deal. Um, This is 93. But hey, let's call out r- correct booth, correct monks booth. And uh, I th- n- wasn't it? Uh, no, no, no. Wasn't it uh, the wrong booth? I, I, it wasn't the one that was, I thought it was the right one. The one that's, you know, kind of across from the, the register, you know? No, they're the, they, cause they go to the, right, the, I thought the right booth booth is the one that they use later on. Okay. I could, I could be getting it mixed up on this beginning scene. I, I will roll it back and say that I feel like this season we haven't gotten enough of monks. I feel like so far that's been yeah. my complaint this season. So maybe I was just a little overzealous <laughs> by the <laughs> fact that excited. we got monks. But now that I'm thinking in my head, I do think you're right. I think they are one down, like closer yeah. to the, to the, 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 the back, the back, yeah, the, the yeah, cook's area, far, farther away from the door. I think they were too close to the door on this one, and then, and then, yeah, yeah, it's the on one this. that's not the first one. It's the second one. That's our favorite booth. Is the second one, right? Like yes. not the one that's right by the the first one. If you would come in the door, not that one. Yeah, it's the well, second I, one, and they were at the third right. one. I think <laughs> this is the most up. pointless conversation anyone's ever I, had. And I'm not sure if this is the first, the second one, or, or it's the third one that's that I feel is the booth. My God. <laughs> I'm trying to find, I'm vigorously trying to find my notes for later where I say they're at, uh, um, they're, they're at Monk's. And they, Guys, and they we've stalled thing. out eight minutes in on the, uh, on the Monk's seating <laughs> arrangement. Anyways, let's, can't we can it. all agree that we love Monk's and I just, I want to see more of it. I'm pretty sure, yes, I'm pretty sure that they're at the, the booth that's, too close to the door and they need to go one more back away okay. from it to, gotcha. to feel to feel comfortable yes so all right <laughs> totally unnecessary i'm sorry everybody but i think at this what? point it's, they they yeah. if they've been with us on this journey they yeah. know that our tangents can go anywhere and come from anywhere and almost always in our second episode when we've had a little bit more beer a little <laughs> bit more whiskey the tangents get a little bit dumber <laughs> so yeah, you can probably track everything that like because yeah. I mean we don't say it in the notes like which ones are parts one and two that we do back to back, but you can figure them out. And yeah. so yeah, we're always a little bit more loosey goosey <laughs> on the second one. 
all right. So Kramer comes in, as I mentioned, with his, uh, or you mentioned with a cigar. Um, his hair is on point because he's not using uh, an Enzo at Enzo's place. He's using Gino. And Gino is, you know, he's the better, the younger nephew or whatever. He's really good at cutting hair. Enzo sucks, apparently. Um, and he mentions to Jerry that Jerry's got a, Jerry says he's got a hair appointment coming up. And like Enzo's not in right now. It's only Gino. You, sh- you should go in and, and get a haircut from him right now. So Jerry's all for it. He goes over there, but Enzo is actually there cleaning up or doing something. Uh, it's like, oh, no. And so Enzo is like, oh, hey, you're so loyal. You're so my favorite customer. Uh, so he, he'll, he's stuck. Jerry's stuck. So are, are is this horribly racist? Like, are the, <laughs> their accents, you know what I mean? Like, are, are they horribly uh, racist? They're definitely playing um, stereotypes. Yeah. You know, yeah. Italian barber stereotypes. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so, I yeah. only ask because I guess you know we you know we grew up different times. We grew up watching like Looney Tunes and stuff, and it felt very normal to me. But then I was like, "But wait a minute, is this racist? Am I am I missing that or something?" Part of it, but I also for comedy, I give a more a bigger pass for right. a lot of that kind of stuff. You know what? Stereotypes are, you know, can can be meant for bad stuff. And I know y- yes, you can also say every stereotype when you're making jokes like this or utilizing it that can can lead to a bad path i feel comedy deserves and art deserves some kind of pass for some stuff like you know what be allowed to say some stuff be allowed to like make some jokes god damn it it's okay lighten up yeah no you're you're 100 right uh i i do agree with you i think art should get a pass sometimes with certain things yeah. and they don't ever like say that they're dumb. Like they don't give it. It's just he's just old and du- it has nothing to do with their accent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, they're not making the accent uh, um, like a joke. Yeah. I feel like they just yes. gave the accents to to match their names. You know exactly. Oh. There, there's the context. There is it's the way it's used. You know that, that right. really should be um, applied. Not just that it's there. Right, exactly. So yeah, I, 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 so I guess the takeaway is this is okay. It's, it's not maybe the best thing in twenty twenty, yes. but at the same time, no, it's not that offensive. There are some people that have been like that at some point. Like right. a stereotype is typically made because it has been a thing. Right. And so not always, but some, but you know that has typically been a thing. So you know what? If it's happened, it's happened. What a rant! I'm sorry, just unnecessary. I'm just. No, I'm I started of, it. I'm tired I, of I, I, I asked all the, the question. That was it. Was my question yeah. that started it? But I, I like where I like the conclusion we came to because I wouldn't have come yeah. there on my own. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. think it's it's the fact that yeah, they they treat them fine. They don't do anything with their you know they don't make them dumb or something. And no. then at the same time, it's just it just get, yeah, let it pass. Let it's it pass. Just, exactly. That's it's it. just a thing. All right. So what I do appreciate here is Enzo's about to do the haircut, and then we cut to Jerry. At, I think it's at his apartment. It's a massacre. I it's absolutely it. awful. <laughs> I love the look on his on Jerry's face. Just that first yeah. look where he just looks so sad and defeated. Just very yeah. puppy dog-esque, you know? And George is just ripping into him. He's like, you got to get out of this relationship. You've got, you've got to end things with Enzo. I mean, he is treating it like a relationship. I don't know, kind of similar enough how they had the whole Keith Hernandez relationship vibe on that one. This is kind of some hints of those same joke uh but with with your barber right right so, mm-hmm. yep uh kramer comes in and you know again he wants him to go to gino but jerry's just refusing because he's you know he's loyal jerry and he doesn't know how to get around it honestly um george decides that he's just you know what at this job he's just gonna fucking show up yeah. i like that <laughs> i he's love just, that i love which, that idea. honestly it's not a bad it's a it's it's, it's a pretty solid idea because He's right. If he has the job, that this confirms it, and he just can start, and that's that. But if he didn't, what was he? All he's gonna do is make a fool of himself, and he doesn't care. He's fucking George. I know, and I love. He says like, "What's the worst that can happen?" And Jerry just basically lays out what the worst that could be that would have that you and me, like any other normal person, would be like, yeah. "Oh yeah, that sounds pretty horrible." And George is like, "So that's nothing compared to like what my <laughs> yeah. life, like what I deal with on a regular basis, yeah. just being George Costanza, you know." And exactly. I love that. I was like, you know what? You're right, George. Fuck it, go for it at this point. Yeah. So, um. But I do want to say, the thing that killed me in this shot, or in this scene, I don't know if you noticed it, not funny in a bad way, The this this scene was set up kind of like in a classic shot, reverse shot, where you have one shot um, that's kind of over the shoulder, 
over the shoulder shot, reverse shot. So over the shoulder of George, you're seeing the back of George's head and looking at Jerry. And then you're seeing the back of Jerry's head uh, looking at George. Did you notice that the focus was so fucking off on George? It killed me, man. I, I, I did not notice that. Um, I, I assumed it's because uh, on Hulu, you know, they do the zoom in bullshit to make it HD when it's actually, you know, supposed to be in the, yeah, the square. They, they ran it. They ran it through a whole a process to kind of upgrade up yeah, the bullshit. standard definition. I assumed it had something to do with that. But no, I didn't notice how, how bad no. out of focus he was. Well, the, the serials behind George's head were in sharp focus. Mm. He was soft. It mm. was, this was this was the camera puller, the puller, uh, whoever was working on that camera was just off and they missed their mark. And so the, the cereals behind George look sharp and he looks off and it was, it was bugging me. And you know what? People make mistakes on all these shows and I get it. But at the same time, when you're running a big fucking union show, you need to have your shit right. Well, and also I think it would have coverage, right? So you would probably, you could yeah. use another shot, you know, there, but yeah, yeah but they, not- they probably were just, yeah, they were just probably running three cameras and it was probably just one over George's shoulder, one over Jerry's shoulder and, and, and one of the, of the wide. Yeah. One yeah. master wide. Mm-hmm. And they could have cut to that a little bit more. The editor could have, but um, if they had that, but yeah, it was just all bugged the shit out of me. But, but like I said, I am curious if it's maybe not as offensive in its original format. It's yes. when it gets zoomed in on the yeah. stupid, and, and, you know, and seeing the HD in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're right. It, that absolutely um, hurts it. And I think so. that's whenever I see something wonky like that, I think I usually just immediately chalk it up to the fact that we're not watching it in its original aspect ratio. Yeah, could be. So, All right, so George does show up to uh, this company. I can't even remember the name of the company. Do you? Oh, I mean, I always want to say Pinsky, but that's not, you know. That's not it. Yeah, yeah, that's not it. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, but And he kind of works his way in. I do love, you know, in very anti-George way because typically george is gonna do oh i want i want the best thing for the cheapest that i can they offer you know which which office and he says oh i'll take the small office and it's because he's he's actually pretty smart here he's trying to just be out of the way yeah under the radar yep yeah it's a very very smart call yeah no, uh, they george hand him, handled i feel like george handles everything here very well yeah pretty well uh they hand him the penske file so he can get started on it and he's like okay i don't know what the penske file is uh but, but by the way this no. is like my biggest fear in life like ha- like this is a nightmare like for me <laughs> like having a job and then going to it and literally lying your way into it and having no clue what to do now you know like what do i do here what is my yeah. job and i and i like I, I was gonna mention this a little bit later but i'll mention it now i was like did george even know what the hell he interviewed for right because he has to know the job description. You don't right. have just a job out there with no job description. And so he has to know somewhat of what to look at in this Penske file, but he has zero clue. Yep. And so it's like you have to know what is your job doing, but he just kind of just apparently complete bullshitted his way through everything. Which, which is quite impressive when you think yeah. about it. Yeah, and very George. Yes, yes. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, hey, Tim. Dean? Uh, This isn't a full episode, this is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays, and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then... Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. And now, back to the show. At Monks. Uh, here we go. At Monks, they're actually in the right booth. <laughs> I wrote that down in my thing. So here it is. This is their, they're, they're in the correct. Ruthie Cohen is beh- is kind of like slightly diagonal behind them. Okay. Um, you get the proper look. The, the other one was too far close to the door. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we just had to get there. Uh, Jerry is wearing a hat to hide his uh 
awful, awful haircut. And Elaine comes in. He takes off the hat. And it just looks awful. They laugh and laugh, Elaine and George. Uh, and now he doesn't want to go to this bachelor auction. Of course. Of course. All right. I'm going to have my little soapbox rant here. Please. Jerry gets a haircut. And I've always fucking hated this. There is a difference between getting a haircut and getting styled. Yeah. Jerry gets a haircut and he keeps the same fucking comb over part hairstyle. He could mess it up. He could do what he could take a shower and it would completely change the way his hair is right now. He, you know, it's not going to stay in this fucking like greased uh, down, you know, comb to the side. Look, just take a fucking shower and restyle it and it would look better. And it always pissed me off that, yeah, he got a haircut, but like his haircut actually looks pretty damn. His hair length looks about the same as his, his hair is regularly. Take a fucking shower and you would fix this fucking problem. <laughs> well, he even says that too. So I guess he tried it. Uh, but yeah, it, but it, the it, hair, it, there's I, no way the hair would stay that way. I know. I know. I know. It's, it's, it's hilarious. Well, and ironic too, that I feel like, the bad hairstyle that he has in this is actually more contemporary to now with the, oh. the side coma, you know, and I was like, oh, you actually look kind of contemporary. Interesting. And yeah. the only only other time I ever felt that, because look, his hair, even back in the 90s, I always thought was crazy, just how it was like a big wall of hair, you know, but yeah. I do remember when... Uh, a New Hope, they they re-released it, I think, in the early 2000s in the theater when they did, like, the special editions, late, like, 99, 2000, whatever it was, 2001. And it was at the exact same time that it was, a, it was like, a micro-style time that where 70s hairstyle was actually in vogue at the time. Mm-hmm. And Luke's hairstyle in that movie, in A New Hope, looked contemporary because yeah. <laughs> it was the style of, like, 2000. And then it quickly, yeah. like, it quickly became, you know, faded away. But I was like, wow. Yeah because I'm so surrounded by this hairstyle now and I'm seen in the theater, it actually makes the movie feel more modern weirdly. But, uh, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. He had that. Exactly. He kind of had that. Um, he almost has no, a hipster quite, hairstyle now. I was going to say, it wasn't quite like the Bieber haircut, but it, there was, there was elements of that. Like if he cleaned up, if, if the hairstyle, the bad hairstyle in this episode, if yeah. they cleaned up the sides, it would just yes. be a hipster hairstyle from now. Yeah. Be the, it's the fucking yeah, hairstyle right. that I have. It's the, the comb <laughs> to the side. It's just the hairstyle yeah, yeah. I have. True. Fair enough. And I, and can I just, can I make a bold statement and say that I think it looks better than his real hair? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this look, it looks, it looks pretty fucking terrible. Now, granted, if he actually did something else with it, it would right. probably look fine because it was cut well or it's cut, but, um, the, it was styled terribly, but. <laughs> you're, you're, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Uh, at Enzo's, Kramer convinces Gino to help uh, with Jerry's haircut to, like, you know, have Jerry come over. Uh, I, Gino kind of mentions Edward Scissorhands. I do like that Enzo is like, he doesn't understand it. He hasn't seen it. I don't get it. Um, and though that'll be a little small running gag in this episode. I loved what Kramer said, though. He's like, I wish I had shoehorn hands. And he mocks like, put, but he's, putting his yeah. shoes on and everything. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. And it, but it works because of how he's so pleased with himself. It's like shoehorn hands. And then just he's so happy with himself. I love that. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, Jerry goes to Gino's for the haircut, but Enzo ends up coming over. Um, and here in the background, we get a whole selection of different, um, music from, uh, Giacchino Rossini's The Barber of Seville, which is, um, opera. That's what, that's the music that's playing on right now, which really adds to the drama is kind of how they have it. Um, and, you know, Gino's coming over, Gino's all, or sorry. Enzo comes over. He talks about Edward Scissorhands that uh, Johnny Depp made me cry. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. So, yeah, they kind of bond over that a little bit. But there was one snip that Gino did do to uh, Jerry's hair. And, of course, Enzo finds it. Yes. And he's like, are you are you doing the haircut in the apartment? That kind of thing. My bad, terrible, <laughs> stereotypical Italian barber haircut. But I, I do love how Gino was sweeping his carpet. Yeah, is that to be to look nonchalant? Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't notice that. That's funny. Now at the apartment, uh, Lane is upset that the hair hasn't been fixed, and Jerry still looks stupid. Uh, and she's now 
considering Kramer for the auction. I do love Kramer like wants to step in right away. It's like, hey, what about me? Yeah. So she's now legitimately considering it. Uh, we see Newman at the barbershop. Another Newman sighting. Back-to-back Newman sightings. Mm, mm. This season loves Newman, and we it love does. it for it. Yeah, we do. Uh, and Enzo, he, of course, Newman goes to the exact same barber that Jerry does. And, Enzo. And, of uh-huh. course, like, Newman, he's such a perfect nemesis to Jerry. He doesn't – got to assume he's not even privy to the whole storyline, right? But he almost yeah. has this omniscient ability to be talking about – what you know the opposite of what jerry is kind of like so he's talking newman is talking about how, how loyal he is to his barber and everything whereas you know at the same time jerry's being unloyal or, or disloyal yeah. and i just i love how newman just has this ability to just hone into whatever nemesis ability he has yep. to jerry to just fuck jerry even further without even like sort of being privy to it it's just they're True. they're cosmic nemesises they're always connected <laughs> they are i do love that um, so Enzo is like trying to get Newman to do a, a sample of Jerry's hair, trying to get that out, uh, and, and Newman has to negotiate it. But like I do like that Enzo's like, uh, oh, we're, are we done here? And he kind of looks at it. He's like, well, it's a little crooked. Yeah. So even he knows that it's a shitty ass haircut. But. Even he knows. He's like, well, it's a little crooked. <laughs> immediately, no. I just I love how immediately he goes to this. He had no problem telling him how he feels. No, yeah, where Jerry would never would never right. have said that, but Newman yeah. would. Yeah, of course. So. Uh, all right, George is in his office. I love George is drumming with some pencils. He's just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> doing. He's got nothing to like this week while his uh, boss is out of town. He's just eh, he ain't got shit to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, then in comes Mister Pensky from oh, oh, the Pensky oh, Falls. Yes, but before that, did hmm. you hear when the intercom lady says, "You know, Mister yeah, Pensky's here"? Was... Did you hear someone in the crowd goes, "Oh no, oh no, oh no"? <laughs> I did. Is so. My my thought on this is that 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 audience had to have seen scenes leading up to this, yeah. knowing that George is, is bullshitting. Yeah. So like, yeah, are, are they all are they doing all of those other bullshit scenes? I I am curious how they have the audience watch and react. Is it they're watching like a somewhat finished product, um, or what? Because oh, yeah, without the question. Thing- the only thing I can go off of is the one sitting that I did for that '70s show, and they did everything in front of everybody except for you know and remember on that show when they would do the the round table uh like when they're all getting high because the camera had to spin completely around so they would do those scenes outside of the laugh track my question Mm -hmm. always is to get the laugh track for those scenes do you just show like that on a tv screen and then just record the the laugh track for that but yeah i'm 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 very same with you i'm very curious how they sort of piece these together uh we mentioned last season uh the episode where estelle had to go sit in um, uh, for traction, and they had uh, Fran Dresser do do the scene with George with only one camera. Uh, it was only a master shot because they were only doing it for the laugh track. That was it. They did the scene for the laugh track on the day that the people that the get that the guests were there, and then when they shot the scene with Estelle. Um, uh, they inserted the laugh track on top of it, and the only reason you can tell is. Fran Dresser, based on the script, she paused for uh, the, the the audience to laugh. Estelle, Estelle just kept didn't. going with the script, and there was no uh. pause, and so the audience laughs over her over her dialogue. And I think you see that happen a couple times here and there. It just happens randomly. I think that's when they shoot it, not at the same time as the, as the people there. Okay. Could be but, but interesting that you would have to take the entire time to do a setup with yeah. Fran Dresser sitting there. But, you know, in, in that scene, you can actually see it on YouTube. She just has the script in her hand. They're using nothing of it other than having mm. a master shot just to know the blocking and stuff. But they are yeah. literally they literally shot that scene just to have the laugh track for it, yeah. which which means that means they didn't want to use a canned laugh track. They wanted it to be organic and flow with the, the scene, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. And, and this one's and this one's definitely not candy. I mean, what it's I, clear, what clearly I, not with the person yeah. going no because no. i'm so exactly i'm so curious as to that person knew oh shit penske is coming um but how did they know like why did they know like how, yeah exactly what was their method so i don't know just curious yep so but yeah i did I, I absolutely noted that as well so uh george he's not sure what the fuck to do so penske comes in penske's kind of weird do you recognize him should i recognize him i know you're a firefly fan I am a Firefly fan. 
He was Firefly in, fan, fan, he, fire, he fire, was Firefly. In, he was he was also in an episode of Workaholics. He was in two episodes of Firefly and Workaholics. Um, huh. He was Niska and and uh, the guy that tortured Mal and um, Wash. You know uh, the the Russian oh, gangster guy. Yeah, that was him. Okay. And then he was also uh, Grandpa de, de, de Map or uh, um, he was one of the grandpas in Workaholics. Um, okay, but uh, but yeah, I know him from from Firefly. Those as okay. Niska and Firefly. Probably what I would have picked him up on. Okay, interesting. So, uh, but yeah, he's kind of offered, he, he's kind of weird in this scene and he even kind of like almost, you know, mentions to George, Hey, you're Penske material. I can tell, <laughs> you know, you should maybe almost, almost kind of offer him a job. So okay. and uh, ironic knowing the, the destiny of Penske, um, George probably actually is Penske material. Yeah. Very, very true. <laughs> so, all right. At the apartment, Gino is there. Uh, and they're gonna about to do the haircut again, but now Newman shows up. Oh shit! So, and no Newman. hello Newman, no hello Newman. No, because I guess because you're right. No, no, they didn't already have that. That was last ep- last episode. Yeah. So there was no hello Newman, which is fine. Uh, I don't kind of, I don't need it every single yeah. time, you know. Yeah, you're but right. I do want it more often than not. Yeah. Uh, Gino is like hiding in the bed, the bedroom or whatnot, while Newman comes in, kind of dancing, doing the pee dance, being like, "Oh, can I use your bathroom?" Um, you know, trying to. He's making all these excuses so he can go into the bathroom to try and get a sample of Jerry's hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he eventually convinces Jerry, goes into the bathroom. We do get a cut into the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And also pretty interesting, we get our own Newman inner monologue, which mm. is nice. We haven't had inner monologue in a while, and we've definitely never had Newman inner, inner monologue. And it, I didn't, yeah. you're right. I, I didn't even, it didn't like even register for me, which is a sign that it works because yeah. it, it's kind of like editing. If you notice it, you did a bad job. Yeah, if you remember from like way back in episode three or whatever yeah. of the entire podcast, there was a lot of inner monologue going on, or maybe it was episode four, or whatever it was, and we were like, "Man, this is weird. I don't remember this much <laughs> inner monologue in Seinfeld." And then we like watching through it. There's plenty of inner log inner monologue in Seinfeld, M- much more yeah. than we ever originally thought. But I think for yeah. the most part, it works well. Yeah. So Newman's trying to find it. He's looking through a comb. He's looking through a brush. There is no hair anywhere. He kind of sticks his hand in the hand in the drain. There's no uh, hair anywhere. And to me, I kind of like that this sets up mm-hmm. a little bit of that neat freak that we're going to get from Jerry even a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've gotten yeah. hints of that before, yeah, but hints. they they are really just layer, layering it in yeah. like slowly, which is perfect because it's a character trait. It shouldn't technically really change over time, you know, mm-hmm. which is fine. So I, I loved it, man. I, I love seeing yeah. this. I also love seeing different parts of the apartment that, you know, we don't normally see. I always get a little bit of a kick out of that. And uh, boy, oh boy, does he have a huge bathroom for being a New York you know, apartment. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you get Newman. Newman has plenty of room in there to space out in, <laughs> yeah. you know, and like kind of walks down like almost like the hall of the, of the of the bathroom to get to the the toilet and then to the uh, the actual shower and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty big. Uh, but Newman decides, okay, I find some little scissors and he's going to cut off a piece to uh, cut up for the sample. So then we get a whole little like funny scene of him following Jerry. It was very Looney Tunes esque, yeah, if you will. But I, I thought it was cute, and it's very fitting for them. Yep. Um, we haven't used, you know, those kind of Looney Tunes slash man-child uh, references in a little bit, but it is it is fit for them. Yeah. And I think this is this is absolutely something I would have seen in a cartoon. And it goes back to, like, I, I just love that once they get over the initial, you know, spite that they have towards each other, they can weirdly yeah. hang out together. I mean, they're arch yeah. nemesis, and Newman's like, hey, do you mind if I watch Edward Scissorhands? But Jerry's just, he's a nice guy. He's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And But yeah. Jerry's, like, willing to talk to him. Like, Jerry's, like, trying to interact yeah. with Newman and stuff. And I just, honestly, I, just, I love that shit. I love the fact that they are nemesises, but they can interact together. It works so well. It does. It does. Um, eventually, Newman does get a clip of the hair, and so he goes back and grabs it and heads out, and uh, I can't remember what he says. So, so it says something funny. Yeah. Oh, look at the time, or whatever the hell it was, and yeah. he bolts out of the apartment, but it's good. And, and Jerry's uh, just completely yeah. obl- like He's like yeah. thinking something's happening, but at the same time, he's like, yeah. nah, I don't care. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what it is. Uh, so he takes it to Enzo to analyze, and of course, Enzo is pissed. We have some more swelling of music of that Barber of Seville um, like, oh, shit, he is not happy. All right, we cut to the auction. We see a Harvard graduate going for $1,000. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Good-looking dude. Gets gets 1000 bucks. And then in comes Kramer being <laughs> awkward as fuck. 
with uh, who had a equivalency graduate, <laughs> not a high school graduate. Well, I, I thought that was funny. Yeah, because Elaine was giving him the high school graduate, and he's like, no, no, equivalency. And she's yeah. like, God damn it, Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. worse, you dummy. <laughs> I also like she says he likes fruit and we're like yes he does like fruit yeah we've seen the mango he's definitely a fan of fruit he just got a haircut (laughs) yeah just got a haircut um but good comedic value from michael richards here you know him just walking up and down like their little catwalk him falling off the stage is just fantastically Mm. done i know i mean and you watch that man you're like that could have gone a million ways wrong but he has such fantastic like control over his body and everything and to, to also make it look so just not like just it's, it looks like an accident but clearly you know he's, he's controlling it somehow but damn man michael richards is just fantastic physical comedy yeah and it's good to see i feel like we hadn't well, I guess we, we've probably had it fairly recently, but I feel like we haven't had like a really good one in a while. Yeah. And yeah. So like it is kind of nice. Like a real bombastic fan yes. Kramer moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the, and particularly that fall off was was right there. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, all right. Enzo confronts Jerry at his apartment. Uh, he mentions the sample. Uh, I do love Jerry gets a really good to himself. Newman. <laughs> and he gives like the most ridiculous face. <laughs> <laughs> well, Okay. My question to you is, because I wrote it down, is this our first Newman? Like, we have the hello Newman, but is this our first, like, knowing that Newman is yeah. the person that caused this? I feel like it is. I, I wrote down, like, I th- I think this is our first one, and this kind of becomes a thing. Like a small thing, yeah, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think so. Um, did you also yep. get the Green Lantern reference? Well, I mean, it's not a reference. He says Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he mentions about, um, you mean... Oh, is is what is he? What is Edward Scissorhands? Does he have like superpowers? Is he a uh, like, green. Is it like Green Lantern? Yeah, is, I, yeah. I, I heard about it. Like, it made no sense. Why would he reference Green Lantern there? That makes no. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was I just happy think. that like you know throwing yeah. in a, con- a superhero. You know, he did, he did. Uh, but Gino comes out, you know, from hiding again, and you know, there's originally initially anger, but then Edward Scissorhands, you know, is on, and they both notice it and go look to watch that. Uh, at George's office, Mr. Tuttle comes in, kind of calls out George, being like, you know, I, I'll, I'm also very curious, like, did he want to hire George? Did he not want to hire George? It's kind of hard to tell, but it doesn't matter because George fucks it up anyway. Yeah. Um, but George is a little bit confident here because he's like, well, fuck you. I'm Penske material. And so he kind of walks out with some swagger. It, with the swagger, which I love, he goes, ta-ta to tell. I was like, that was, <laughs> yeah. that was a good little uh, – and I loved it, man. That was a good – so I, my, I, my takeaway is, yeah, George had some swagger. He he thinks, you know, Penske's obviously a better option. But I think he also knows that the jig is up here. Well, because, you know, he says, uh, Tuttle says that, you know, you haven't mm-hmm. done anything on it. But yeah. he, I love the fact that George didn't wait to well, get he, fired. he moved it to that accordion case. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he did a lot <laughs> in a week. And they had a great little party for uh, Michelle or whatever. Yeah, but, uh, whatever her name was. I do like the fact, I, I do think it's kind of rare to see George assess a situation, make the right choice because he's fired anyway. He's he's fired, yes. right? And kind of go out like, it, you know, yes, it doesn't pan out perfectly for George, but in Mr. Tuttle's mind, that was a pretty baller move. Yeah, it was. He does. He looks pretty. He looks pretty pimp. Yeah. So. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. And now, back to the show. All right, we see Gino and Enzo are crying over the movie. My, my um, note is, while, I, my note is, Enzo cries weird. I I didn't even notice. It's it's like the actor doesn't actually know how to cry because he's such yeah. a man. He like I can't cry, <laughs> so he's making this weird face. I'm like, wow, Enzo, that's weird, dude. Okay. Uh, also, we kind of see Newman is playing barber because a, a little discussion he had earlier on. He always thought he had a talent for being a barber, but now with 
Enzo who left the shop. Newman is uh, taking control and being a barber himself just for fun. Um, and then Jerry comes for him, grabs some clippers, and we get a little freeze frame. And I just want to mention Newman's faces. Like Wayne Knight's just his physical humor and the way he can kind of contort his face and get really red in the face or get really like amp himself up or just the way he manipulates his face is very funny. So I thought, I thought that was a nice little end to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we get uh, in the credits, we get not a stand up bit. We get a tag here at the end where George uh, goes to Penske and we find out, you know, he's trying to find, get a job there. And Penske says, uh, you know, Hey, uh, you are aware that's what he said earlier. You're aware that our board of directors is indicted, myself included, which is a good callback to what Elaine said in the first monk scene when they were at the wrong booth. But you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. uh, when she, they were kind of making fun of his whole situation at the, the all, first job. They all interview. threw out what the of course could mean. And then it's yeah. funny because exactly what Elaine says is what she you know suspects. That's what yep. he actually says, like word for word. But I love the fact that Penske is also making a noose. Yeah, I know. That was weird. I was like, that is dark as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was just holding it up, like looking at it. And it was like, oh, shit. What the hell? Uh-huh. But it was, yeah. So that was interesting. Yeah, definitely dark humor. Um, no stand up at the end. I know. Is this our first episode without a stand up at the end? I can't remember. I don't know. But did you stay around to the very, very end? Was that not the very, very end? Nope. It gets even better. So, so, so when, when the ending with the freeze frame, my note for the Enzo barbershop, I go great ending exclamation point. Cause I was expecting stand up. Then we go yeah. into the Pinsky stuff and I take a couple notes there and I go, I do a hashtag even better ending two exclamation <laughs> uh-huh. points. Then at the very end, I was about to turn the episode off literally five seconds left on, on Hulu. I was about to just, you know, cancel it out. Uh-huh. And there's a shot of Kramer calling Newman. He's like, so can you go out tonight? And it cuts to Newman in full bald wig saying, Oh, it's going to be a while until I can go out. And my, oh, and my, and my last note is, in all caps, even better ending. I had no wow. clue that that ending was even there, and it blew me the fuck away because I was like, holy shit. I don't know if I've ever seen that I mean, or, or like remember that at all. I don't think I've ever seen that or remember it either, but it's literally in the last five seconds of, of the episode. It's huh. amazing. So, yeah, my, my notes were great ending, even better ending, even better ending. And then I put in parentheses, <laughs> I go, glad I didn't turn it off. And I guess you yeah, did. Yeah, which I did, which is exactly what I did. I was actually about to I, – I turned it off because like, or I was about to be like, okay – done us taking my end of my notes and they're like okay i guess we should watch the stand-up bit and then it wasn't a stand-up but like oh okay wow and then when that one ended then i actually did stop it mm-hmm. and move on but i was like fuck wow interesting yep yep so go go back and check that out so yeah no stand-up happy about that didn't mm-hmm. have to transcribe the whole damn thing um you yeah. went uh you went first on the last episode i'll go on this one i really enjoyed this episode it it kind of actually took a little bit uh, for it to build up for me. Like, I feel like it was one of those sh- uh, episodes where they kind of had to, you know, sort of layer the plot in at the beginning and then sort of like build it up. And it was like more of a slow burn for an episode. But I love that they did that. I love all like the music that they used. Uh, it felt so different. And I, I yeah. was going I was thinking it was more of like a Godfather thing, but it's obvious. It's more appropriate that it's the the barber of uh, whatever. Yeah, it's a, that's like an opera. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, it's even more appropriate, but it gave it this this gravitas to it. And and yes, of course, it's like a, a comedic gravitas, but it made it feel different. It made the episode feel a little bit more grand. Um, I loved pretty much everything everyone had to to you know do with it i thought that was uh that was a lot of fun you know and uh and then the the build up at the end like the surprise ending i was just like oh shit i really enjoyed this episode and kind of like the last one where the the non-fat yogurt where i'm like you know i don't kind of in my head think about it as ones that i would go back to but these are two episodes that i was very pleasantly surprised with back to back 
you know? And, and like I said, this one didn't sort of kick in until halfway through when I was like, oh man, there, I, I like what George was doing. I like where everything was going. You know, you know, Enzo and, and Gino, where they were okay, but ultimately I, I liked how they fit into everything. And then ultimately it just comes back to Newman. And I'm just like, yeah, because Newman is the villain in all of this, whereas Edward Scissorhands, he's, he's the real hero in this episode, I think we could say. But uh, yeah, dude, I was pleasantly surprised and had a great conversation, of course, with you talking about it. So you know what? I am going to give this four bald Newmans out of five. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed the episode. I actually yeah had a really good chat on this one. I'm, I'm so, because I missed that extra little tag, I'm like, wow, little extra Newman, do I want to add a little bit more to my score or not? I'm going to ultimately say no. Uh, but this was a definitely decent episode. I liked the ridiculousness that was kind of throughout it. You know, all of the uh, relationship shit with his current barber and kind of cheating on him, all of that kind of joke. Though You're right. The adding of the Barber of Seville music worked well with it. Um, it's a cute episode. Yeah. There are some good quotable things with it. Um, you know, good stuff with George doing his bullshitting and the Penske stuff and all that kind of crap. Was very, I enjoyed myself. Um, I would say for some reason, and it's hard for me to, I don't have a finger on it. And maybe it is because I didn't care for some of the acting of Gino and Enzo. It was a little, they were a little over the top. Yeah. A little over the top. Um, I love me some Newman, you know, so that helps. But overall, I don't think it was as strong as maybe the episode before. So I gave it, but I'm still very happy. 3.5 out of five Penske files. I guarantee you, if you saw Bald Newman at the very end, yeah. you would have given it four, man. And I it's get very you, possible. And I get you haven't seen it, so you're not gonna, you know, go for it. Yeah. But I, I say, hey, man, go, go check that out today. <laughs> I will have to. I will have to check it out. <laughs> and maybe you'll, maybe next week you'll, you'll amend the, uh, maybe, the rating. No, but no, it was shocking, I, I, man. It was, it was. Yeah, shocking. that is a surprise. Well, because they already they already did one extra little tag I, that I wasn't expecting, and then here's a holy crap! Here's another that I, yeah, no way. I mean, wow, dude, what a my finger because I watch I watch everything on my PlayStation, so my finger was on the circle button to <laughs> to you know exit out, yeah. like it was on it, about ready to push in, and then the camera, and I'm like, what? I literally. Like in what? my head was like, what the fuck? Are you serious? Because I've never seen this before in my life. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. so good, so good. You know what else is good? You know what else is hmm. so fucking good? Your mom? <laughs> that <laughs> was my fault for leaving a pause there, okay? <laughs> you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. Adam. That's kind of like Ooh. doing the Newman. It's, you can't do it without the fist. Like You, you got to be able to see the fist, you know, to, to do the Newman. Um, mm-hmm. Bless our past podcast, buddy. Can you tell us about oh. that? I can, and thank you so much for saying the kind words about Blast From Our Past Podcast. We are a podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. Our being me and my brother, John. And we do uh, all that kind of stuff. We also have a trivia podcast called Throwback Trivia Takedown that we do nostalgic-based trivia. We have a good time with that. Um, Check that one out. Your your boy Corey was on there a few times. My boy Corey was on there more than a few times because uh, we couldn't get him off. Damn it, we tried. We tried to keep getting good people against him, but he did a great, pretty damn good job. We- weed man, hell of a drug, <laughs> hell of a drug. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's the kind of stuff I do, but none of that, all that pales in comparison to the dark side, to the Sith <laughs> of the Jedi, if you will. That that is podcasting after dark. Could you tell us a little bit about a, a little bit about that? I can, but before I get into that, where are you in Clone Wars? By the way, we haven't talked about that. Yeah, I am in season five. I'm about done with season five, which is the last season it, where they have like twenty something episodes. Okay. Um, and I'm honestly, there's some shit episodes that I'm I'm not enjoying in season five, so I'm struggling to get through it. Season six only has about 10, and then season seven was also another tenor uh, or around that. Yes. Where the, season seven was the more recent one that they uh, brought to like kind of close it out. Yeah, season and six excited. is the Lost yeah. the lost Files and then mm-hmm. that they put out on Netflix to kind of try to wrap some things up. And then season yeah. seven is technically... The Disney Plus one. The Disney Plus one, yeah. but it's also technically scripts that were made for the back end of season six anyways. So season okay. six and seven are just season six split in two, That's fine. Yeah. But I'm, I'm excited for those because yeah it's, I've been a little bit dry on it recently um, because there's been some crap storylines they've had this big long the multiple episodes on these younglings that I didn't yeah. give a fuck about yeah, didn't multiple about episodes on this these on just these droids with this tiny little like 
crickety look or like a little weird looking guy and i hate them i hate these episodes and i'm just i'm just trying to watch them to, or just kind of have them on while i'm not paying attention because those ones are really angering me and i want to get back to anakin you know anakin's his relationship with Ahsoka and, you know, with Obi-Wan, yeah. all of that is important to me. Mm -hmm. Whenever they kind of stray from that, I'm not giving any fucks. I, I will say that I believe it gets better. The, the things that you like will get better. Um, and I think that the things you don't like are the same things that, like, a lot of us didn't really okay. like. So you're not, like, you're, you're pretty much on point with, with that assessment on those. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'll say I, I love the Clone Wars. Matt Lanter will always be my Anakin Skywalker. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't hate Hayden Christensen, but I Matt Lanter is probably who I spent the most time with as as Anakin, and uh, yeah. and those Clone Wars cartoons really made me love the prequel movies more than I did because I wasn't a huge Fair fan. Enough. So, but cool. I, I'm glad you I'm glad you're still enjoying it and sticking with it. I, I do am. hope I'm that it kind of I do hope that it kind yes. of uh, upticks for you yeah. though. And I will. And once I finish those, I'm, I will watch Revenge of the Sith. I, I uh, then will watch. Um, whatever's next in the in the continuity. I, I think so. I think technically you would go Re Revenge of the Sith. I think then you would go Solo. Then you would do yeah. the first two seasons of Rebels. Then you would do oh, Rogue oh, One. Yeah, Rebels. And you would do Rogue One after like season two. And you'll see it. Like you'll it clearly yeah, yeah, goes into. I have a list somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and then you kind of go and then you finish up Rebels and then you jump into uh, A New Hope. I think. But no, but they they also have an, another show. Maybe it's later on. Resistance. Resistance, Resistance takes place in between. It takes place around the time of Mandalorian. It's like the rise of the first order, and it's okay. it's trash, bro. It is really, is it? really bad. It is. Oh bad. no! And, See, all right, and you're talking that's, to somebody who can sit through pretty much anything Star Wars related, and that was pretty rough. Damn. You don't, all and right, you don't well, need it. it. You don't need it because uh, it doesn't do anything. Well, I'll still do it because I'm a fucking completionist. Okay. Um, as I mentioned, I have a big old whiskey collection, and I just, <laughs> I gotta I gotta collect. I gotta gonna collect all the Star Wars. I've never seen any of Rebels. I've actually seen a good bit of, um, or, or maybe most all of Clone Wars before, besides the last like season or maybe even the last two seasons. But I've never seen a single episode of Rebels, and I've heard that's good shit. So I'm excited to get into that one. I very much loved Rebels. Uh, it is very much Clone Wars 2.0. Like there are cool. a lot of stories that actually get wrapped up in Rebels and characters that hmm. come from Rebels and they're almost saying that Mandalorian season two is almost going to be like Clone Wars 3.0 because they're bringing in, you know, so many things. But um, yeah, man, okay. I think you'll enjoy Rebels. It's it's a good time. It's a very good time. Um, but okay. yeah, anyways, uh, back to non-Star Wars stuff. We literally <laughs> never talk about Star Wars on podcasting after dark yeah. because that is the dark shadow of the Blast from Our Past Network, and also known as the BFOP Network, also known as the BFOP. Ooh, look at you doing that, taking that from me. <laughs> yeah. I saw you drinking, so I was like, oh, I'm going to go for it. And I even saw you kind of drinking quickly so you could jump in there. Exactly. Nah, nah. I know. I was ready to do it. <laughs> you were. You were. So, yeah, check out uh, Podcast After Dark. You guys know what we do over there. Uh, please, please, please check out Talking Back with our buddies Tim and Dean. They put on a great show over there. and uh, Talking we are Back. Talking I always, Back. I always say it. <laughs> yeah. Good shit. I love that shit, man. And uh, yeah, we have a good time. And uh, as per usual, if you guys are just finding us, this is your first time listening to a season five, episode eight, your first time. Wow. And you're like wondering where the hell is, is the rest of their, their catalog? Well, our entire back catalog is over on Patreon for a whopping dollar. One dollar to get you everything. Dollar, man. One dollar. I'll buy that for a dollar. I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Man, that guy is classic. I love that guy. Oh, dude. So, anyways, all right. Well, we will catch you guys next week with, I think, I didn't write it down, but I'm pretty sure it's the masseuse. It is. Yep. <laughs> it is. You're like, it is. God damn it. It is. Yep. <laughs> Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head -head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown.
I heard even Mikey likes it. <laughs>